It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Okay, let's get it. Locked on LSU, your team every day. Today is the day. LSU reported on Thursday and today the Tigers hit the practice field for the first time as they get ready for the 2019 season. We'll let you hear from Ed Ogeron, former LSU quarterback Rohan Davey, talk some offense, and we now know who the 18s will be. Yes, plural, 18s for uh, LSU, carrying on the tradition of wearing the jersey number 18. First, a couple of the tidbits from Ed Ogeron as he welcomed the team back to campus on Thursday. He started by saying what he was looking for in camp, and this will be a theme. Tonight we're going to talk about blocking out the noise, about focusing on camp and the things that we need to get better at. Again, line of scrimmage discipline. We've got to get better on the offensive line and defensive line. Getting better on the line of scrimmage is something that Ed Ogeron has harped on since LSU lost to Bama. You know the quote by now when he said, we got to get better linemen after LSU was shut out in Baton Rouge. we got to get better at the line of scrimmage. It's something he's harped on for almost a calendar year now. It's something they've tried to address in recruiting, and it's very clear that is going to be the focus on camp right now. Uh, he elaborated, Ed Ogeron did, on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we talked about that this morning. I can remember two, sprint, two uh, camps ago, we didn't have two lines. And uh, Coach Grimes did a, he did a tremendous job. He said, Coach, I'm going to get them ready. I think we played three freshmen. Uh, now we're three deep. Uh, we're developing guys. Guys are competing. Uh, we're three deep on both the offensive and defensive lines, so we have a lot more depth there. And we're developing guys. Some guys are going to have to come along this year. You know, I reminded the staff this morning that last year we lost eight defensive starters, and uh, we had to play with some new guys uh, in a bowl game, and we won it. So everybody on the roster got to be ready to play. Now, to say you're three deep on both lines of scrimmage is – not entirely accurate. Now, if you do remember, we went back in 2017 when Sadiq Charles and Ed Ingram were starting as freshmen. In large part, that was because you had about seven or eight healthy linemen. You couldn't put out two two offensive lines. That's true. And they do have more bodies, but you don't have 15 offensive linemen that you can count on. You hope your first five can play better than they did a year ago. Now, on the defensive line, a little bit of a different story. I'd say you're comfortable in your two deep with Lawrence Fajoko, 
Logan and Neil Farrell, and then with Apu Aika and Tyler Shelvin, those six, uh, you know, the the two deep uh, on the the defensive line, you feel really good about. That's not including the outside linebackers. You got numbers there. Um, on the offensive line of scrimmage, though, that's not exactly the case. A big part of that, obviously, Ed Ingram's continued absence. He was arrested, accused of sexual. He's charged with sexual assault. He's um. Still you know, awaiting uh, his day in court in Denton, Texas, something they thought would be rectified this summer, but clearly is not. Ed Ogeron was asked, you know, what, he, what would he hope for with the Ed Ingram case? Here's what he said. My hope is that he'd be here today. I think that maybe, maybe if things go right, we may get him at some part of the season. I don't know exactly when, but hopefully we get him some part of the season. With the charges he has, the school has to clear him. But again, the judicial system in Denton, Texas, is not entirely concerned with the football calendar in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So the Ed Ingram saga continues to play on. But the fact that, and I know a lot of people might sit, might be thinking, how can you be so dismissive of a sexual assault charge? I think the fact that Ed Ingram is still on LSU's roster, he was out at the practice fields during spring, the fact that they want him back, I think that lets you know the coaching staff, the university, the athletic administration, they're familiar with the particulars and they're okay with him being a part of the team, part of the university, part of the program, provided the legal situation comes to a uh, a resolution. Um, but until that day happens, they can't take that next step. So uh, so we wait. And uh, LSU will be looking for a starting left guard, be it uh, Jason Hines or Cardell Thomas. That's one of the camp battles that LSU's playing out. Here's Ed Ogeron talking about the other camp battles he's looking forward to so far in fall. Kind of no tackles. Apuaika and Tyler Shelvin. Let's see, let's see who's in best condition. Uh, we went over it this morning that Tyler's 343. That's the lightest he's been. Uh, Tommy Moffitt feels that Tyler's in the best shape he's been. Uh, Apu's at 353. He's in good shape. That is going to be a battle. You know, you have Glenn Logan. You have Rashard Lawrence. You have Braden Fajoko. Who's going to start out of those three? When we go to four-man line inside, that'll be a big battle. There'll be a big battle on the green team. Who's going to be our four best rushers? There'll be a big battle at tailback. Who's going to be our best tailback? Who's going to be number two, number three? Uh, big battle at offensive line. Who's going to be our left guard? Well, that's wide open. It's a lot of battles. For me, I know I've, har- I've harped on this a good bit in the offseason, but I am interested to see Stephon Sullivan at tight end. Remember, a year ago, they tried Stephon Sullivan at tight end for one practice, and that was a – put your hand in the dirt and block defensive ends and go out for routes tight end. And Stephon Sullivan didn't like that. And he did lasted one practice and then went back to receiver. Now he seems committed to being tight end. Ed Ogeron explained being tight end. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, watching, watching Jimmy Graham plays with, uh, with Joe Brady kind of sold him, you know, really. And uh, we can do the same things that we did with Jimmy Graham with Stephon. I'm not saying he's that, but we can run the same type of plays and he can be the same type of player. So I think he's totally bought into that. And uh, I think that's the big reason. Again, nobody's saying Stephon Sullivan is going to perform at the level of an all-pro tight end with the Saints. But you could at least get the picture of what they envision their tight end looking like in this offense. And we got a guy that's 6'5", 250, or 6'6", 250, uh, running routes, you know, flexed out, jump ball in the end zone, Creates a lot of mismatches, and that in and of itself is exciting. I one more here from Ed Ogeron, who, and this might be the biggest newsworthy item, is that there's going to be a new defensive line coach on the field for LSU this fall because of an injury to Dennis Johnson. Dennis Johnson 
had a severe injury playing basketball, hurt both of his knees pretty bad. Uh, he's in a wheelchair right now. He's doing okay. Uh, so uh, we went through compliance, and uh, luckily we got Kenichi Udizi, who coached at USC and, and uh, has been a D-line coach on the field. have Christian Nakachur as a graduate assistant who also can coach on the field, and I'll be involved with the defensive line. Dennis will do the job upstairs, the coaching in the meeting room, but it's impossible for him to coach the defensive line on the field, so we got a waiver, so Kanish will coach on the field, so you'll see that out there. And uh, We wish Dennis a speedy process. He's a great young man. Unfortunate injury. He's going to be in a wheelchair, both legs up in the, uh, up in there. Can't walk right now, but he's fighting through it. He'll be okay. Man, you miss, uh, you wish Meatball the quickest recovery, but the flip side of it is how fantastic is it that you have a resource like Kenetsu Daisy, who is an All-American at USC, first-round draft pick in the NFL, uh, you know, on, his per, on a personal level, beat cancer, and has been a, a coach at the NFL and college level for almost a decade now. You had that guy on staff you had hired as an analyst, and now because you have this injury to Dennis Johnson, he seamlessly transitions into the field or onto the field. You've got Christian Lockatcher there as well, who knows the personnel. And then Ed Ogeron, of course, is one of the best you know, technical defensive line coaches in the history of the game. So um, it's disappointing for Dennis Johnson. You certainly wish him well in his recovery, but LSU should be able um, to manage just fine in his absence. All right, it's Locked in LSU, your team every day. We'll knock out a quick break, uh, come back. We talked yesterday on the podcast, if you missed it, with Ryan Clark about some LSU defense. Uh, we also chatted with Rohan Davey, former LSU quarterback, about the Tigers' offense. You'll hear that next. Locked in LSU, your team every day. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. We continue Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona. Yesterday, we talked some LSU defense with former LSU and NFL safety Ryan Clark. I also had the chance to talk offense with former LSU quarterback Rohan Davey, who did make a pretty – Rohan holds the LSU single-season passing record, and he did make a very bold prediction about where his record might stand after this season with Joe Burrow. You'll hear that in this interview. Uh, with Rohan Davey. And I've been privy to see these guys work a little bit and, you know, see how some of the younger guys have been coming and how they're all taking ownership of the ship. And in my opinion, man, the sky's the limit for him, Matt, honestly. Um, I think he has the weapons and everything around him for him to be successful and having that year now in the program and being that he was already kind of in an NFL mode, being that he was only taking one class, um, I, I re- honestly, I expect him to shatter some records this year if the offensive line holds up. I, I expect them to compete and win damn near every game, and I expect them to be in the SEC uh, championship. It means they'd beat Alabama. That's what it means. You expect them to beat Alabama? I expect, the, I expect of, out of all 
the, the years, I am most confident this year. So shatter some records. Uh, yeah. You you hold LSU single season passing record. Two thousand one thirty three forty seven was the number. Three thousand three hundred forty seven yards. You think he breaks your record? That's in jeopardy. Do you think he breaks it? I think he breaks it. Now let's let's throw the caveat. Provided he stays healthy and he plays a full season and all that yeah. stuff, um, yeah. it, which of course we're all hope. So you think you think he'll break it? Why? I think with the addition of um, the passing game coordinator, right? I think with Joe being in the system now a year later, I think that when you have all the things that they're doing now to put these guys in the most favorable positions to make plays with them being able to go six deep at the receiver position, I think we'll be able to go two to three deep at the running back position. Um, I just think that with the defense, the way that the defense should play and the takeaways that, this team should provide for him with the favorable field position. I just think that it's prime, man, from the depth, I think, that's, that's been added to, to the team offensively and defensively. I think that all those things are working in the favor. I think that the head coach, Coach Ed Orgeron, um, and the, the ownership that I've seen these guys taking with him as the lead this offseason um, – it's been different, Matt, and, and, and I think just, just prime and putting their stuff in good position to make a real charge, man. So if Joe Burrow breaks your record this year, he'll have to get good receiver play. Let's talk about that position yeah. right now, which yeah. which Ed Ogeron said well, is the deepest. Yeah, go ahead. I think Coach Ed hit it right, though, when he, talked about, when he started out, when he talked about the, the, front, the defense and the offensive line. I mean, that's, 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 that's where – we're going to win football games and ultimately where the better teams have their better players. And not saying like skill, we're going to compete skill-wise. But the trenches is where the teams that were in the games last year, that's where they dominate. So he's absolutely 100% right to, to, to kick the camp off focusing on that aspect of the game. That's a place they got to get better for sure. Uh, no doubt. Justin Jefferson, what – in what way do you see him building on what he did a year ago? Because he's sort of an understated star, right? I mean, he, he had a great season, but a that. lot of people don't know him. I agree with that. And I think he gets kind of lost in the circle because you have those towers also within that group and those special young guys that are, you know. He, to me, in my opinion, is kind of like the glue of those guys. I think he's the guy that those guys can look to um, with for that leadership at that position, he's a guy that produces, does the right things on and off the football field. So he 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 he's he's the glue to that unit, in my opinion. And also, I think a be kind of that security guy for Joe. He, he's extremely important. You uh, said that you got to see some of these these guys, some of their work this off season. Of the receivers, who flashes? Like who, when you're watching him, just pops? You have to notice that guy. Man, Chase flash all the time. And with the size of DA and those guys, they flash. But it's I'll be honest with you, Matt, like Jefferson flashes. He flashes to me, in my opinion, when I see him work, the intensity, you know. When that's why I say he sets the example for those guys. But honestly, Matt, man, I'm gonna tell you, bro, they are deep, man, at that position, man. They are deep at that position and, and it 
I mean, I you know, I go out on a limb, man, and say that's that's those guys that they have there at that position. If they decide that, hey, this is our year, everything come my way, I'm doing this, we're gonna do extra, we're gonna do and all that stuff, there's no stopping those groups. So to answer your question, Jefferson flashes, Chase flashes, Sullivan flashes. I mean, they flash, man. They're impressed. It's an impressive group. You know, maybe I, I maybe I didn't ask it a great way. I mean, it's in, it's interesting that the the angle that you went with it because. That's always been the case, bro. Like, they've got yeah. guys that physically, when you look at them, like, I can remember when D. Anderson was a freshman and we go stand on the field for pregame warmups and they do this backline drill, right? Where they would just throw jump balls to the back line. Mm-hmm. And he'd like mm-hmm. one arm snatch the ball out of the air. It's like the most <laughs> impressive thing you'd ever see, but we never see the production. Like, that's been the narrative about LSU for a decade now. Like, I know they got 10 guys that are all freakish, freakishly athletic, but. How does that materialize? Like, how do you? At what well, point do you he, transition it from the practice field and all this potential to actually getting results? Well, it has. You know, it, what comes with when you have potential like they do, and when you come in with that, like you just said, you have to now show it. And there's a lot of factors sometimes that go into that. You know what I mean? Whether it's you're in the doghouse, whether you're slow to pick up the plays, so now you can't perform because you're thinking. Um, whatever it may be, but there are factors that go into it. Um, whether you didn't had three different quarterbacks, you know, you didn't had three different coordinators, you know, whatever the factor may be. And that's why I say, like, right now, for me, because, you know, I work out over at LSU, so I'm privy to see these guys sometimes just passing through while they're working, whatever it may be. And that's why I say I have a, a different – I look at them so much different going into this year because I've seen guys in certain groups take ownership of their group and pull guys and pull guys in rooms and have conversations with them about how to do it and, and how you're not doing it the right way and, and, and not, you know, ostracizing or isolating that first, but taking that big brother approach, throwing their arms around them, kicking those guys in the behind that needs to be. I've seen that so much more this offseason, and, and, and I'm telling you, it's a testament to Coach Ed Ogeron and our coaching staff and how they've, you know, fine-tuned some things with these leaders and they set a standard and a precedent within the program, the whole one heartbeat thing. It's a true slogan that those guys really feel. It's not something that they write on shirts or write on walls. So that's why I'm kind of a little bit more optimistic going in this year because I've seen – how these guys are just taking ownership of what they want and doing the extra and not rushing to get out the building and all the little things that you have to do to be champion. They, they doing it. Did you, do you notice similarities to how, because you, you keep referencing like the difference. I'm curious. And you obviously went through like highs and lows during your time in Baton Rouge from, you know, the, the lows of the end of the Donato era to the, the ascension to winning the SEC as a senior, like, when you think no, back no. to the the off season when or leading into the two thousand one season when you all won the SEC, like is it comparable to what you see here as opposed to what it was like coming in the year before in two thousand or ninety nine? Oh, it's no doubt comparable because I remember guys like a Michael Clayton, um, Joe Adai, the younger guys, uh, the big Spears, uh, those guys. I remember those guys taking the lead, like guys like Kevin Falk gave to myself and. You saw urges out of the seniors because it was our last go around. But you also saw a defense that was excited to learn Coach Saban's off defense, excuse me. 
and they saw that everything was going in a new direction. It was it, it was it was like a, a, a new breath had been you know blown into us. So going into that off season, there was there was focus similar to what I've seen. There were guys taking onuses and, and, and taking the bull by the horn and not waiting for anyone else to do it. There was guys doing extra, bringing other guys along to do extra. You know, you see that. You see these, the offensive linemen grabbing each other and going in the stand pits and doing the work and working on technique and working on this and working on that. And, and yeah, definitely similarities similarity, to that season, man. A couple of more things. The, uh, tell us what you know about, uh, about the, the running backs, especially the young guys. Well, I, I think you have a mixture. John, to me, is just, from what I've seen and also from high school, is a speed, very fast speed guy. Um, I think they've all been working hard. They're, they're, all of them are strong. Goodness gracious. Let me tell you something. These young guys are coming in stronger and stronger. Let's not even talk about Stingley. I've never seen a DB come in the college as strong as Derek Stingley. Goodness gracious, dude. <laughs> Give me an example. What did he do? Like, you're talking about I mean, bench press, not, clean? What are you talking about? No, it, like, it's nothing that I saw. It's just that, you know, you know when a guy, especially coming from high school, comes into college, but he looks like he's a junior in college. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see That's that. That's how I was. Every- <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah, I agree. You don't see that every day, though. And that, like, so it's nothing like I really see, saw it. Like, I didn't see him lift anything crazy or, you know, anything like that. I, I just see the kid and when he moves, and he's, like, he's just, he seems like the kid's just beyond his years, dude. I'm, I'm so excited. And he's another one. I am so excited to see 2-4 play. I am so excited to see these young guys play, man. Did you hear Ryan Clark on the show yesterday? <laughs> I always listen to Deuce, man. He's crazy. Did you hear him yesterday? I heard him. He gushed over Stingley, man. Listen, he and, and he, and he would know. And he tried not. He was like, I'm. I've tried, like consciously tried to downplay it because I don't want to. You can't. Yeah. You can't. You can't downplay that. I'm telling you, the kid. I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see the kid play. And, and Ryan definitely Deuce know. Deuce would know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, but the thing about it is this though, man. It's not like it's hard to see. <laughs> Okay. You know what I mean? That's fair. It's not hard to see once you see the kid play. And the best, let me tell you something, though. The, the thing I say about that kid, very personable, very, um, you can tell, was raised right. And when I say that, yes, sir, no, sir, very respectful. Uh, but the other thing, man, very humble and compete his behind off. And, you know, when guys come in with the accolades such as himself, usually you expect arrogance. You expect, um, you know, give me my number like I did. But, <laughs> <laughs> but not this kid, man. I mean, just compete, does what he needs to do, a technician of the game to go with the great athleticism. I mean, I'm excited for him, bro. Could be one of the best to ever do it there, definitely. We'll wrap up the Locked on LSU podcast next. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock 
deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Wrapping up a Friday edition of the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day. When we're back on Monday, we will have a recap. First few days of fall camp for LSU. We'll look forward to chatting with you then. We did also find out on Thursday night on the eve of camp starting that LSU will have two number 18s. So if you're not familiar, uh, back when Matt Mock was the LSU quarterback and won the national title in 03, he graduated, passed on his number 18 quietly to Jacob Hester. Hester in turn passed it to Richard Dixon after the 07 season. And from there, the tradition of the 18s began. And every year in fall camp, uh, a, a player, a leader on the team, is awarded the number 18 jersey. Only once have there been two. A few years back, Christian Lockature wore 18, and uh, John David Moore wore it. So you had a defensive lineman and a fullback wear it. Uh, you'll have two again this year. Foster Morrow was the 18 a year ago. Uh, this year you'll have two guys. You'll have uh, Caleb on Chasson on the defensive side of the ball and Lloyd Cushenberry on the offensive side. Uh, admittedly, I, I'm not crazy about having two it's their tradition. They can do with it what they want. I uh, wish you'd pick a guy, but uh, I'm not going to be the, the old curmudgeon who who gets all upset about it. Um, Cushenberry has to continue wearing his jersey number 79 because as an interior offensive lineman, you have to be between 50 and 79, so he can't wear 18. So Cushenberry has a patch, a special patch on his left shoulder that denotes him as the 18, and then, of course, Chasson, who wore number four, will wear the 18. That's a, um, if nothing else, Maybe high praise for Caleb on Chasson, considering he was a backup to Arden Key his freshman year, uh, missed the entire season as a sophomore, played in the Miami game towards ACL, missed the rest of the year. And even though he essentially missed all of last year, they still view him as a leader on this team and a guy worthy of being the 18. So congrats to Lloyd Cushenberry and Caleb on Chasson. You have dual 18s again and an offensive lineman uh, for the first time with uh, Lloyd Cushenberry honoring the 18. All right, it's going to do it for us. Uh, Locked on LSU, your team every day. We'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, remember, subscribe to the Locked on NFL podcast, all the NFL news you need from all over the National Football League. However you listen to podcasts, just search Locked on NFL. And, of course, please subscribe to us as well, Locked on LSU, your team every day. See you Monday. The NCAA tournament is almost here. Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.